0: Peace and blessings be upon you. Welcome to the Ta'leef Podcast, a space where we aim to provide content and connect our spiritual hearts with community, love, service, and prophetic wisdom. Assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuhu. First, start off with giving a beautiful gift, you know, the gift of a sincere, heartfelt Surah Fatiha to our Sheikha Samira Azayin, uh, to Today, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala will place it upon her record, place it on her hisab, um, for just us, just wanting us to show our thanks and our gratitude for this beautiful text that has been compiled by her. Bismillah. Surah Fatiha to Sheikha Samira Azayat. Bismillah. Amen. Bismillah. With that being said, Inshallah, let's also recite the uh, translated intention of Imam haddad Bismillah rahman rahim I intend to learn and to teach, to benefit and to be benefited, to remind and to be reminded, to call to the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of His Messenger, sallallahu to guide and to be guided by sound proof and correct knowledge to seek the countenance of my Lord, nearness to him and his reward. Ameen, Ameen. We're also here by the intention to expose our hearts to the mercy of Allah. We hereby the intention to expand our to expand our hearts and our souls, that Allah Ta'ana would elevate us and transform us into better servants of His, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would mold and shape our character to be that of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would allow the Quran to enter into our hearts and into our souls, and that it would be implemented by our actions. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by this class would increase us in a beneficial knowledge by which our hearts are illuminated by which our minds and souls are increased with fountains of wisdom by which we become a benefit and a mercy to humanity and which by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would allow us in our entire progeny to Yom qiyamah to enter into Jannah for those in Ana by his mercy by his mercy by his mercy allahumma ameen with that being said, SubhanAllah, uh, again, I just want to thank Taalif, of course, for having us in this session uh, where we're able to cover the prophetic narrative, the companion of the Prophet, Sallallahu uh, this is just a, a wonderful initiative by Taalif to keep. Of course, the spirit of our beloved Muhammad not only alive and well, but also thriving in our lives, in our character, in our homes, and in our society. There has never been a time, subhanAllah, in society where we were more in need of the way of Muhammad salam, of his strength, of his courage, of his of his steadfastness and his patience and endurance, then subhanAllah we find in the Prophet Muhammad and it's not just that his kind of persistence and patience for his own self, for his own condition but the kind of persistence and patience he has in order to make sure that the risala, that the revelation that is given to him is not, that the ball is not dropped. That to make sure that the risala and the revelation reaches the earth, that it reaches people and that they have understanding of what it means to worship Allah, who is Allah and to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what is the pathway to Allah. That he is doing his best to make sure that people also understand what are the pitfalls of humanity, what are the pitfalls of ego and self and nafs and dunya and worldly affairs that actually keep people from being roadblocked from their own happiness, from their own success, from their own true destiny, and keep them blocked and away from their Lord. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is shining light on the Prophet because of how he taught us. When, when we look at the Qur'an, and all the stories of the Anbiya, all the stories that are compiled. We know that SubhanAllah, in, in, when it comes to the Prophet he's that final cornerstone that's put into, you know as he describes, that uh, it's like someone was building a building and there was one piece that was left. And the Prophet is that cornerstone. And this actually is something that happens when he's young. When he's young, subhanAllah, uh, and they are rebuilding the Kaaba. The Kaaba had been destroyed from a flood. And the Prophet them. you know, uh, is there why there's a big dispute, right, in terms of who's going to put that last piece right into its place. And so as they're, you know, they're finished and they're arguing who's going to be the one, and this is where the black stone is, subhanAllah, they, the Prophet tells them, you know, each of you pick up and put the stone on a sheet, right, and each of you then hold each side of the sheet and lift it up to its place, and then I will put it in its final place subhanallah and so uh when he made such a wise decision that actually became uh the 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 quelling of all uh tribal fighting at that time and of course their biggest dispute and their biggest concern he literally removed from them uh, you know their their sense of who's better, who's that. He he stopped the fighting, and he was a source and a means of peace, right? By doing what. By, up, by putting them, right, as a means to uplift exactly what he was going to put into place for them, subhanAllah. And this is the perfect example to who the beloved Messenger of Allah, a.s. is for us. That here we are at the end of time. Here we are in this final, you know, with this final piece of building humanity on earth and building humanity's story on earth and we need the prophet sallallahu alaihi to guide us for how do we solve these problems how do we you know put things in their rightful place subhanallah and so when we look at the prophet sallallahu alaihi and his implementation as he was described as the walking quran what we find is that all of the stories Right? that of course, of the early, the stories of Prophet Ibrahim, even the stories of Yusuf, and the stories of, of um, Shu'aib, and Saleh, and Huld and the people of Ad with Amud, that we find all that existing in our time. All of those challenges, that whether it's idolatry, people worshiping, uh, and like having anthropomorphic gods, people worshiping either human beings or stones, and it sounds ridiculous, but it still exists today. Or whether or not people are more concerned, like in the case of the people of Shoaib, they're literally highway robbers, murder was high, They literally were charging people uh, for for taxes and tolls on roads, even in states they didn't live in, that subhanAllah, they were more concerned about uh, their own bringing about inflation for their own profits so that they would get richer and the poor would get poorer. They were more concerned about their money, that prayer and and worship was considered secondary, it's considered an, an afterthought right literally what do i what does your prayer have to do with my money that religion that for them it was a big separation between that which is sacred and that which is secular i thinking that what we built our big tall buildings and our technology would bring us success. And that was going to bring about happiness. This was definitely the case of the people of Ad with and people not honoring what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has has honored, right? Whether it's animal rights, like in the case of, of the people of Saleh, or whether it's not honoring the earth. SubhanAllah, all of these things are culminated in our time. And who is the one? That can be a so that is the solution, not that can be if we allow it, but definitely was sent as a solution for how do we solve all of these challenges, whether they be personal in terms of our own internal state, whether they be global, whether they be political, economic, whether they be in cases of social justice, how do we treat humanity? How do we deal with the environment and climate change? For every single one of these things, we find not only a teaching, but an example of the Prophet Muhammad. And so, on this night, for us to be able to mention him, subhanAllah, thinking about how he's the, the last one to bring the completion of the risana, the completion of revelation, we began, subhanAllah, to have a, a glimpse. Into to the greatness of who our prophet is, that he is the culmination of all those 124,000 prophets and messengers who went before him, that he is the culmination of all of them, that he even comes to the culmination of their miracles. SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah wa bihamdi, SubhanAllah And so when we look at uh, the gift I actually want to talk about, like all of that greatness, right? All of that greatness is compiled, you know, in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But tonight, we get to see another really unique gift in terms of what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a gift that he gave to humanity—one we rarely talk about. But before we get there, uh, I'll, I'll give a quick recap to where we were last week and where we're coming into this week. So last week, we're ending uh, with the Prophet Sallallahu being uh, in basically the boycott. You know, the Meccans have refused to buy, to sell, to marry uh, from him and anyone who's associated with him. They are refusing to be in, uh, you know, to be in relationship to him at all and to do everything literally to starve them to death. SubhanAllah. So the level of patience and forbearance that the Prophet has to have. And as we mentioned, this lasted for about three years. For about three years, the Muslims are eating leaves and and grass and anything they can find, locusts. They're just, they're doing whatever they can just not to starve to death. And so Subhanallah, after the Prophet uh has endured this for three years, there is a group right, of people uh, who come, subhanAllah, and they're having a council. They're counseling over this matter. The group of the Meccans, they're counseling over this matter and the matter of the boycott. And the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa he also is praying. I, he's praying, he's praying, he's praying. And they have already put together this uh, treaty, And as they put together this treaty in detail, you know, they detailed it and they pin it inside the Kaaba, subhanAllah. And now that, you know, these are the rules and the regulations of how the boycott is going to go. And the Prophet is enduring. He's patient. He's enduring the sacrifice, but he's also praying and he's engaging his Lord. And at the end of this time, subhanallah he goes and uh, he counsels with abu Talib. and he tells he says he tells abu Talib, listen the termites right that you uh, that you wrote this manuscript he makes a deal he says listen i'm going to tell you something and when i tell it to you right tell them if i uh, tell them i know something that they don't know and if they see it then they have to end this boycott Right? So he says, what is it? So he says, tell them the termites right, have gotten to the manuscript that they've written and they have eaten and washed away everything that's on it except the Bismillah. Right? Everything else is finished. Everything else is gone, right? Except the Bismillah. So Abu Talib, he goes and he counsels with them and he tells them, SubhanAllah, uh, you know, listen. My uncle is, is, or my nephew, sorry, is making a deal with you. He's saying that, you know, he knows something about you that you don't know. And it has been three years while there has been so much stress, so much strife, so much breaking up between families, right? Even our own fellow tribesmen are starving to death. Said, so now it's time, it's come to a critical turn. It's come to a critical time, either Right, you accept these conditions. He said, Well, what is it? What is he offering? If he can tell us something, show us some miracle, show us something. And so he says, inside the Kaaba, which has been sealed, right? Inside the Kaaba, you will find where the termites have eaten up the manuscript, except Bismillah. Rahim. Immediately they're like, no, that agreement is still standing. That manuscript is standing with all the details and the rules of the manuscript. And so they I said, No, it's gone. And so they rush to the Kaaba, right? And they open up the door, unlock the door and they go inside and they see exactly what our beloved messenger of Allah alayhi salatu Alaihi Wasallam, had told them, told them exactly as it is. He's showing them another miracle. So, of course, they're fumbling over themselves. How is it that he could have known this? How is it that how could he have gotten to it? And they realize, no, it is the termites. It is exactly as he said. And subhanAllah, without spending too much detail on this tonight, uh, because I want to get to something even greater, is that they then decide at this moment that this is going to be the end of the boycott. Right? That this is the end of the boycott, subhanAllah. And it's not long after this that uh, subhanAllah Abu Talib becomes sick. The uncle of the Prophet وسلم, he becomes ill, very ill. As well as they return back to their homes, the beloved Khadija ta'ala anha al-kubra, that she has become weakened, of course, by this boycott, by, by the malnourishment, by the heat, by living on the hills. SubhanAllah, her body has become weakened. And it's not long that not only does Abu Talib fall prey to his sickness. SubhanAllah, our beloved Khadija radiAllahu ta'ala anha also succumbs to her sickness. And so within a very short time of each other, the beloved messenger of Allah alayhi which initially would have felt like some relief. It would have felt like some, you know, that now we can go home, we can return back to our homes. Perhaps things will go back to normal. Right? or maybe you know maybe they are, their hearts have softened because they were, they are a witness to this miracle of the prophet that maybe their hearts have softened because of this right but it turns out subhanallah that things are actually quite harsh and when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is that Abu Talib is, is taken away from him of course the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam knows that there is no one else standing between him and the Quraysh and their evil tactics. The liaison that he was depending on, that he was counting on to be there, SubhanAllah, gone. And Subhan more, you know, even more closer to his heart is the beloved Khadija radiAllahu ta'ala anha. And even, you know, he had great hopes because it had been a while, it had been a long while since that he was able, you know, to, to be at home with her and to sit in her gathering, to eat from her food. SubhanAllah, it had been such a, a long time. And yet the beloved messenger of Allah, والسلام, was in fact saddened even further. I want to talk, this is something I wanted to mention tonight, to focus on subhanAllah, something uh, not so much the details of the seerah, uh, not so much the details of the seerah, but to focus on this particular lesson. That this year, as we know, and it's we're going to continue the details of this year in the in the following session. But these are some of the most difficult years that the Prophet وسلم, uh, endures, and this is called the year of sadness what's so wonderful, and I know we're like, what's so wonderful about sadness is that in the case that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he's Habibullah. He's the one, he's the chosen of Allah. He's the one that Allah brings the great, that he brings revelation, that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has given the final revelation, the greatest miracle of all time is given, actually uh, is given to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He's Sayyidina Mursaleen. We're going to get into, but SubhanAllah, he said, his heart is broken, he's grieving. Even as, his, as he, the more he prays, there are still trials and tribulations that keep coming. And there's no question about his helm, his ainat, about his forbearance, about his patience. There's no question about his prayer. There's no question about his faith. The Prophet is sad. And he sat for a year. and this kind of sadness begins to subhanallah it's of course causing him to weep but it's something that's visible on his face other he's not he's it's not something even that he can hide from his other companions he's letting them know you know they know the messenger of allah alayhi salatu tam is sad right? that he's sad and that the messenger of Allah, والسلام, is now teaching us one of the greatest lessons. That if we were to think that having a istiqamah and consistency in our iman is something that's not achievable, because life comes and you know things happen and you know that this kind of state like of course you know he can be like that because he's the prophet A lot of times people say that, well, yeah, he can be that because he's the prophet, right? This happened because he's the prophet, making it almost his, his making closeness to him almost unattainable, or even being able to understand his level of character unattainable, as if real life never happened to the prophet And in this moment, the prophet is the most human. One of the greatest gifts he ever gave to us was this gift of humanity. To be able to say, we fall. Our hearts get broken. Sometimes we fall so hard that we can't even figure out how to get up. Sometimes life gets so tough. There's so much stress. There's so much pressure. There's so many people that are counting on you, that are depending on you. You've got to give answers to people's questions, solutions to people's problems. You're trying to live up to to, uh, expectations, sometimes not only of just your family, but maybe even your tribe, right? Your clan, your people, that there are people who are counting on you. There are people who are rooting for you. There are people who migrated for you. There are people who are saying that you are going to be the one. There are, you know, even sometimes that it's like I've suffered so much other loss that this that this marriage was what i was counting on to carry me through that this marriage was something that was so dear so connected to me and now i've lost my most beloved i've lost of course other than allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but in terms of my from the earthly plane i've lost that i've lost my ally you know the the one who is the liaison who is my ally i've lost that i got nothing I got nothing, I got nothing in this world and it seems like the more I pray, the worse it gets. This was the case of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and I know we oftentimes talk about his, his, his forbearance and we talk about how he pushed through, but in this moment, I just love how he wept in front of Allah. I just love the moment where he allowed all of his tears to flow and to fall and say, "Ya yeah Allah, I'm crying out to you. And subhanAllah, in this year of sadness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not give the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, revelation. You know that feeling sometimes when you're like, I'm praying and I'm not getting an answer. It's not that I haven't been praying. It's not like my it's not like I've, you know, I'm not that person. No, I'm I haven't given up. I haven't stopped making salah. I haven't stopped making dua. No, you're like, I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm doing everything I was told. And I'm not getting an answer from Allah. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. This is how the Prophet felt. Ya be I'm praying. And it's getting worse. I've been praying to you about the flood and the water still rising. And now the water has welled up in me. For me, this is one of the greatest gifts the Prophet ﷺ gave us. Because he's teaching us sometimes the road is rough. This is one of the deeper meanings of مَا وَدَأَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قلع. And وضح, like there's sometimes in our life that things are bright. The sun is shining. Things are going well. I can see clear. Right? And then there are times when there is darkness. And the Prophet was teaching us there's so much value. There's so much spiritual value in the darkness that when the lights go out, even our spiritual light, when it goes out, you you really learn to stop being so self-reliant. You really learn what it means to say, Ya Allah, I'm falling. If you don't catch me, there's no hope. This is really like I'm free falling in the dark. And I don't have anything I can hold on to. I don't, I can't hold on to my degree. I can't hold on to my spouse. I can't hold on to my status. I can't hold on to my position, my allies. I got nothing to hold on to. Ya Allah. This is the moment where it's like, y'all don't be, I don't even have I I can't even get a grip to hold on to your rope. I just need you to hold on to me. This is when you say, Ya Rabbi, I can't hold on to you. I need you to hold on to me. <laughs> Save me before I, before I hit the bottom. Right? And the Prophet was teaching us the difference between when, when there is sadness and there is despair. The difference is, one can be sad. Yaqub alayhi salam was sad until we know there was a coating, a white coating that came over his eyes. However, it didn't deteriorate his soul. It didn't become a blackout in his soul. That's the difference. Said so that everything, everything, if the lights go out in my entire world, Ya Allah, I didn't worship you for what you gave me or what you give me. I didn't worship you for the people that you granted me in my life. I didn't even worship you because of the peace that that is supposed to come with submission. I didn't worship you for any of that. I worshiped you because you're Allah. And if you give me, you're Allah. And if you don't give me, you're Allah. If you answer me, you're Allah. If you don't answer me, you are still Allah that all of this, including me, is circumstantial. It's all circumstantial. You're still Allah. So subhanAllah, it's in these moments that we learn the greatest connection to Allah. It's love unconditional, love unconditional. Ya Rabbi, my love for you is unconditional. We know he loves us unconditional. We could we could sin, we could, subhanAllah. I love Allah's love for us. It's like you could sin and still come back. Only condition is you still, you come back. Right? Or at least you just say, Ya Rabbi. I've fallen down and I can't come back. Ya Allah, help. <laughs> At least even you just come back. La ilaha illallah. Allah, I love you. I'm, with, I'm still with you in my heart. Subhanallah. This is this is what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi is teaching us. When we give all that up, all that can go to the wayside. And we say, Ya Rabbi, when do I love to love you? Because you're Allah. Our one of our beloved teachers, Rabia al-Adawiyah, she was found walking through the streets. And as she's walking through the street, she's got her torch of fire and she's got a bucket of water. And they say, Ya rabi where are you going? And she says, I'm going to burn down heaven and I'm going to put out the fires of hell. And they look at her and say, well, why would you do that? she says, because people are worshiping Allah because of the Jannah he's going to give them and they're, or they're worshiping Allah out of fear of hell. And Allah should not be worshiped for either one of these things. Allah should be worshiped because he's Allah and he's worthy to be worshiped, subhanAllah. But this takes, this is the higher levels. This is what happens in the darkness when the lights go out. Then you get to see the stars. Then you get to see who's really shining. The one who's saying, Ya Rabbi, I'm starving, but I'm still with you. Ya Rabbi, my lips are cracked from the, I'm so malnourished, but I'm still with you. Ya Allah, I have lost my, I have nothing in this dunya. It's not, the sadness he feels is not even comparable to the moment. Where he's standing at, uh, he's with his companions, and he's weeping, weeping, weeping. And they're they're looking at the, the companions of the Prophet Wasallam and looking at him weeping. And they're like, Ya Rasulullah, what's wrong? Like, why are you weeping like this? And then he says, this is the grave of my mother. Giving them permission to weep. When he buried his mother, his, the mother after his mother, Fatih bin Asad, the Prophet wasallam, literally after bringing her into the grave, stayed and laid in the grave with her and wept. The Prophet wasallam gave us permission to be human. Permission to grieve. And saying, inside of your humanity, Allah still loves you. Allah is still with you. So for me, subhanAllah, as we are so, so enamored by this night. And isn't it amazing that the night comes before the dark, the night comes before the day for the Muslims? Isn't it so amazing that of course we're going to finish out the year of sadness and what happens next is. Is I mean, some of the greatest miracles that we're still celebrating. But what happens first is when you're like, you know, when you're in the dark and you're digging, 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 digging. It's getting deeper, it's getting deeper, it's getting deeper until you find gold and then you find diamonds. And underneath all that darkness, that's only in the darkest of coil and the muddiest of states, do you find the jewels? So you got to be willing to go through the darkness to get it. And we all you know it's so exciting, right? I was talking about Isra and Miraj right before this session that's so exciting about like going to the heavens. We're less excited about going through the going through the the the, the caves. We're less excited about going through the the roughness. But that's where the jewels are. That's where the jewels are. You can't be resurrected until you face death. You can't meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until, until you, you, this is all laid to rest. And so subhanAllah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us about, right? Die before you die. Let there be a death of your nafs before you're physically dead. And sometimes just know that when all the when the lights are shy, uh, going out in your world, let it be the death of your nafs. Don't let your nafs keep fighting. Let it be the death of your nafs so that you can awaken into a spirituality you've never even imagined. That allow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you a mental and spiritual resurrection. The lengths of which you never even imagined. And it's okay. You don't need to endure it for what's happening next. You don't need to say, okay, what's happening? is going to happen next? Don't even be comfortable in the ambiguity. Just say, Ya Rabbi, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Please be with me. And that's, the, that's a big difference too. Between sometimes in our life, we're making moves. And we're asking, Allah, be with me. As opposed to, Ya Rabbi, I got nothing. So just place me where you want me to be. Place me with who you want me to be, where you want me to be, and make me how you want me to be. And give me the courage to let die whatever does not serve my relationship with you. Whichever keeps me from being your Habib, your beloved. Whichever keeps me away from Sayyidina Muhammad, والسلام, keep that away from me. Mm-hmm. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us this night of Eid Milad to learn all of the lessons of the Prophet وسلم, so that we can be truly resurrected spiritually and mentally with Him, like Him, molded. بسم الله والصلاه والسلام على سيدنا حبيبنا مولانا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على حبيبنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم يا اولين اولين يا اخرين اخرين يا ذو يا rahmin Oh Allah, we raise our hands to you Asking you, Ya Rabbi, for, for your guidance Ya Allah, we ask that you bless us with iman with taqwa Ya Rabbi, forgive us for our sins Our shortcomings and our mistakes Ya Rabbi, please replace our sins Our shortcomings and our mistakes Ya Rabbi, with your mercy Replace it, Ya Rabbi, with good deeds That you are, that you will accept from us Ya Arhamur Rahmeen Allah, we ask that you please expand our hearts And our understanding Make us from those that are most beloved to you Ya Rabbi, connect us with those who are connected to you Ya Allah Ya Rabbi we ask That you please fill our hearts With love for the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Because he will take us to you Ya Allah Ya Rabbi we ask That you fill our hearts With love of Sayyidina Muhammad alayhi, wassalam, So that we can be in Jannah For those ala with him Ya ar Allah please forgive us For our sins And our shortcomings Pardon us After which there is no trace of ill Trace of sin From upon our hearts Nor upon those who've harmed Ya Allah Ya Rabbi grant us A complete shifa The shifa of our bodies Ya Rabbi The shifa of our minds minds and our souls cure us of our spiritual diseases and our character and our ailments ya Allah ya Rabbi mold and shape us into servants of yours with whom you're well pleased illuminate us with a light from your light ya Rabbi grant us a dignity from your dignity and an elevation from your elevation ya Allahumma salli ala seyyidina habibina monana nah muhammad wa'ala and wa sahbihi wa sallam alhamdulillah alameen Thank you for tuning in. Please consider becoming a monthly sustainer by joining 1,000 Hearts of Ta'lif and committing to give $3 a day to keep this work coming to seekers, youth, and newcomers to Islam. Sign up today at www.ta'lifcollective.org forward slash donate. We hope you enjoyed the variety of sessions available and hope you benefit immensely. Allah bless you and Allah bless your loved ones.